So, first of all, can you explain what that video was? So that video was basically their welcome and goodbye dance to us. So they do like this whole thing. When you first get there, they're like, run straight to you because obviously they're here, they're here. So that's really nice to actually see. And they then do on this whole thing for like an hour where they do like, that's just like a tiny snippet. But they like do loads of crazy kind of strange dances that they practice for like weeks in advance and make their own little costumes just to like put on a little show for us. So it's really nice. So I just thought it would be quite nice to just show you. Because John wanted me to do a dance, but I don't dance. So <laughs> I thought it'd be better if they dance because they're probably a lot better than I am. Amazing. Okay, so one of the things that you did to help while you were out there was to build things. So what was it that you were building? And do you know if it's still standing? We're not that bad building, I promise. So our main project when we go out there is the school, Joshua Dubé. And um, we like Every year it's built an extra classroom block which includes two classrooms and um, a toilet block. So they have like local builders who do it all through the year as well because they only have like trips of two weeks and you're only there in the morning so you can't really get a lot done if it was just six people putting some bricks down. So, um, and yes, it is still standing, luckily. Um, I think the builders just kind of redid our work when we left anyway. But because it I definitely did not look as good as what we left it. Like, come on, we left it really nice. And then the next day, and it's like, well, how, like, why is that so bad? Like, that was definitely not us. And they're like, that's your wall. We haven't touched that wall. And I'm like, oh, did you not redo it? Like, <laughs> but oh well, it's all right. It's, it stands, I think. Um, but we also paint the inside and outside of the classrooms because otherwise it would just be quite plain and boring and it's a school and it's a primary school and you want to like make them enjoy their time there and the builders that we actually work with are awesome they are hilarious because half the time they don't actually understand what we're saying and we obviously have no idea what they're saying so they're just like laughing at us while we're working and I'm just like why are they laughing like like what are we doing wrong? And then one of the main builders comes over and is like, no, 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 let me show you. And like shows us exactly what we think we're doing, but obviously not. But oh well, that's all, that's all good. But none of the work we do would have been done if the Christadelphian church that one of the guys is in touch with donated for the last two years, which it costs 30,000 to pay the builders and to get all the material and they donated that for the last two years which is amazing like because that is an awful amount of money and like no way would us like 12 of us raise that to go out there because in few in like past that's what people have had to do they've like raised the money to build so it, like it's you know it's been amazing that that's happened so any money that we take out there we can give to like individuals and different organizations so that's been great. And we went into the classrooms and at the back there's a pink folder with a load of self-portraits in, which it took a bit of work to get them to understand what that actually meant. Um, but then I also got our side room children, who not a lot of them are actually here, 
but they did their self-portraits and I think it'd be quite nice if you just saw the comparison. Some of the pictures are funny, but really cute because, you know, some of them are just six. So you let them off, don't you? <laughs> I'd like to see your self-portrait, actually. Have you done one? No. You did one there, but you've not brought it. Oh, that would have been a good comparison. <laughs> okay, so in the afternoons, you went and visited different partners. So one was a school for disabled and special needs children. So what kind of things did you do with them? So um, the special school that we went to was called Chengatai, and it was... It was a bit strange when we pulled up because it didn't really look like a school as such. It was just like one building, but then as you go in, it's like further. And because of their needs and abilities, we thought, right, maximum two hours, hopefully less, because we don't want to tie them out. And, you know, so we like planned a little bit of sport for like an hour and a half. And we actually ended up there for like five hours. And we were just kind of like, because like there was a sports coach there, coach, 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 is that is that the right word? Yeah. <laughs> and he had been volunteering his time, um, not like paid or he just knew about the school and was like, right, I'm going to go down, I'm going to teach them sports. So like it was really great because they actually knew already a lot of games. So they knew netball, football, and then they really just wanted to race us. And obviously, even some of them who are like physically disabled, they literally could run laps around us. And like, I remember it. And I was just like, why are we doing this? Why have we put ourselves in this position to do this? This is crazy. I was just like, I'm not a runner. So that's not very good. Um, but it was, it was a really great time at the school. And like, it was good because... Our first impression wasn't very good. When we first got there, um, the head teacher came over to us and he was all nice, introducing himself. And then as we were walking, there's just like kids just wandering around from the school. And he just went up to the back of a kid, smacked him over the head, grabbed him and just chucked him to the ground and expected us just to keep walking past. And I remember three of us just stood there, stopped, and was just like, can we turn around? I don't want to be in this place. Like it was horrible and like stuff that happens all the time, but they're like, that's what their normal is. They're allowed to treat the kids like that because their parents don't want them. They're there because their parents have sent them there because they can't deal with them. And like, it was just, it was a horrible experience that turned into a joyful experience watching how much fun they actually have there and how lucky they feel in the position that they're in which to me would not be a lucky position, but they're alive and they're getting fed and they're getting looked after and that's what they're grateful for, so. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so you, you also revisited um, a feeding programme this year, somewhere that you'd been last year. Um, so how is it doing and has anything changed since you visited? Um, so the feeding programme that we went to last year was doing very well last year when we went, but we met the people who run it, um, it's a family, and they spent an evening with us at our accommodation, had food with us, and then he just shared a bit. And in that time of sharing, he 
told us that his wife had recently passed away and she was a major part of the operations and getting the food and getting the sponsors to like, you know, play with the kids and just pay for things for them to go to school. So they're struggling personally and therefore the charity is struggling as well. So I know one of their recent sponsors had pulled their donation, which was one of their major sponsors and one of only a couple sponsors. So it's like they're struggling a lot and having to turn children away and hoping that there's somewhere else for them to go, um, which is quite hard because they have a heart for the children and for the feeding program. So um, when we were there, David and Lai Ming, who are two of our volunteers, um, already knew Stuart, which is the guy who runs it, and they decided that they're going to pay for a full feast on one of the days that they were there, which means they just they have meat and vegetables as well as a sauce and salsa. So it's like a full meal. Uh, to them, it's like a full feast. And it was really good because they got involved and they helped cook it, helped prepare it, while a couple of us were at their informal school setup, um, which um, is, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, a couple of the girls that we met there and their cousins have been sponsored for a year at school because we just saw a lot of talent in them and potential. So one of the people that were on the trip have decided to sponsor them for a year, uh, all four of them, and she's obviously getting regular reports to see how they're doing, um, which is amazing because they, they have so much potential. Like they were trying so hard to like do everything and speak all the English that we were trying to speak and do maths and stuff like that, so that was great. Um, I just, I love spending time at um, Tafara, which is the name of the feeding programme, um, because the kids just enjoy the time with us, and they, they always ask, when are you coming back, when are you coming back, we want to, we want to play with you, and it's really nice, because we can like teach them games and give them stuff, and they then also teach us games, so like games that like they just make up, because obviously they don't know the regular games that we do, but like they... Um, like one of the games like we heard last year and we kind of remembered, but we kind of had no idea what they were saying. So this year we were like, that game, you know that game? And they were like, what game? Like, cause obviously they have no idea what we're on about. Um, but like, it was really cool to like, for them to be able to teach us as well as we teach them. So that was amazing. And um, as a group of us, we have managed to hopefully give them enough money for a year's supply of food so we know that all of the children that they bring in will be fed, which is amazing. Um, so that was just really nice to be able to do it as a group as well because we all felt called to do that. And all of us gave different amounts, but that's not what mattered. The, the thing was that we all gave and we know that it's gonna go to good use, so. That's cool. Um, so it sounds like even though you were there to help them, that they, they kind of gave you an amazing experience as well and you've taken a lot away from it. Okay, so you, you mentioned that there was um, a preschool set up. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? 
So, like, before we before I went out, it was only like a week before I went out, I got a text message from one of the guys already out there who'd gone early. And he was like, can anybody, like, if you can, but I'm going to ask everybody as well, get any, like, maths or English books for preschool children? And I was like, okay, brill, what's it for? Um, Stuart Dawes has set up a preschool and it's running really well. He'd never even seen this, so he, he actually had no idea what it was like, but he just, you know, said. So, um, like, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll get, like, a couple of books. I got, I think I got five English, maths and spelling and took out a lot of other stuff for them. Um, so that was great. I did that and I got there and I was like, oh, there aren't teachers for this preschool they're just people who have never been educated and I was like I was showing them and they were like what's this and I was like oh you don't even know what this is so what are you teaching the children but that's okay because they, they can then educate themselves to then educate the children but we spent the day with them the whole day with these ranging from like little tiny kids to like nine ten-year-olds who had obviously never been to school but we just played games with them like musical statues which they loved one of the guys David he's just hilarious and great with children as soon as like we started playing musical statues he would just keep dancing and all the kids would laugh and be like you're out you're out you're right and it was like it literally was making me laugh and they just loved it so we were making like beaded jewelry, like necklaces and bracelets, and they wanted to make like 100 each, but like they just kept dropping the string and there was beads everywhere. It was crazy. I was just like, don't, don't eat the beads, please. <laughs> um, but then one of the girls had brought a lot of storybooks with her. So she started reading some stories, but it got a bit complicated because the person trying to translate couldn't really speak English. So we just kind of just kept going with it anyway, because a couple of them were like engaging, but that was all right. Um, <clears throat> while we were there, it was quite hard to watch some of the children. So they have a little like a food break as such in between, like where they're meant to bring their own food. Um, and just like after they finished and was starting again, we were sat there, me and, Evelyn, this girl, and there was these couple of boys just licking their hand and like putting it on the floor where the children had been eating to try and collect any crumbs that were left. And it was just horrible because we had watched these two boys not eat anything and then like eat loads when it came to the time everybody got some food, but like watching them like, like just licking their hand and trying to collect anything off the floor. And it was even worse because during the day, we like watched children wee on the floor and, you know, just dirty feet. And it's just horrible. And it was just like heartbreaking. And when we went back in the evening to our accommodation and Evelyn was trying to explain to the others who hadn't been there, she just broke down and looked to me to try and explain. And I was like, you must be joking. I was like, I, you're crying, so I'm crying. Like, just stop. We'll talk about this another time. I was like, I can't do this. I was like, it's just so heartbreaking that you just, you just don't know what to do. It's just one of those things that you don't know what to do because you can't just hand them food because that's, that's not 
the way to do it. You've got to like sponsor them and sponsor the charity. So like that was just a horrible experience, but we were able to like gift them with the money for the food and just loads of different things to help that informal preschool setting just be built up like um, and we gave them like games and skipping ropes and pencils and footballs which they all just loved and like they were just like gimme 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 and it was really nice to see that the people who were like running it were like oh can you do like a list of everything you've given us and the amount so then we can make sure none of it gets stolen or no one takes any and like it was shocking for them to say that to us because I hadn't even thought about it but they were like we don't want anyone to take it we're going to keep it locked away and I was like that's amazing because they have nothing and I thought oh well maybe they might take some of it after they said it but it never even crossed my mind and it was crazy. Wow so it's just just sounds so overwhelming the need that you're faced with and it yeah it must be kind of a really emotional experience just kind of seeing all that need and not being able to do a lot about it um so it sounds like you had a, a pretty crazy first week in Zimbabwe um and you had a busy Saturday with hundreds of children so can you explain a bit about that Yes, it was a crazy Saturday morning. So one of the, um, it's really hard to explain what we do because I don't know, it's just like, it's just like a crazy morning full of children and food and games and teaching. And um, uh, we usually, like last year and previous years, we've prepped all the sandwiches beforehand, like the night before, like it's already been sliced bread from the supermarket. But we went into the supermarket and they were like, you can't have our sliced bread. And we were like, okay, but we're doing it to feed orphans and children who don't have any food. You can't have our sliced bread. Okay, brilliant. That's great. Um, so we went to a bakery where there's really fresh bread and it just like squishes as soon as you touch it. And we had to slice it ourselves. And like, I came and somebody was like cutting some bread and I was like, what are you doing? Like, they were like sliced like this big. And I was like, you're not gonna get nearly enough sandwiches if you do it like that. So like the only thing I participated in was slicing some bread. And then they were like, no, we'll do the rest in the morning. And the three of us girls were like, we're not getting up. This is our Saturday lying. What's wrong with you? Like, we have to get up at like six o'clock every morning. And you're telling me I have to get up at six o'clock again. They were like, no, we have to get up earlier. And I was like, Earlier? Earlier? Really? Earlier than six? Are you being serious? They were like, yeah, we have to get it all done. And I was like, no. So they didn't actually wake us, which was really nice. Like They were like, we'll come and wake you, but didn't. Everybody else in the group, bought us three, got up early and sliced the bread, put jam on it, put peanut butter on it. And then I woke up. <clears throat> I was like, guys, we were meant to go and do this, weren't we? Got up, went in, done it. They were all sat there. And I was like, told you you didn't have to get up this early. Ridiculous, we could, have, we could have started now and we would have been fine. They were like, it's all right, we let you have a lion. I was like, okay. <laughs> but like the whole day like starts with singing. So it's just like a couple of um, older girls who just start singing and then some of the kids who are already there just join in. Um, but usually it's like this massive one group just comes up this long road in twos and it just never seems to end. And you're just thinking, oh my gosh, I hope I have enough food. Like these children are waiting for their food, really waiting for their food. So 
that was kind of cool to watch them all just coming up in twos. Um, and the day continues and they do like group lessons in ages where they have like a whole lesson plan, which is amazing that they have this lesson plan for a whole year and it changes and they, these, little, these like older girls teach all these children. And so it was really nice that that's part of their regular thing that they do with them. And then we play some games and then we give the food last. So then once the food is finished, we can escape because otherwise we would never leave. Like, they're like it was a lot more organized this year, but not by much. Like, it was still a bit chaotic. Um, and it took ages and ages and ages to escape after feeding them because our cars are just surrounded by children saying, stay, stay. And I'm like, I wanna stay, I do, but we've gotta go. And it's just like, they're not moving. And like, he's like, the driver's like starting to drive. I was like, stop, you could have run over these children. The other car's gone half an hour ago, just left us to it, didn't even bother trying to clear the children away from us. Just like, see you later, help yourselves. And I was like, oh, brilliant. They'd already eaten their lunch by the time we got back. And I was like, brilliant, wonderful. Um, so that was, it was hard to leave them because there's so many children, but we know that we went and they enjoyed spending time with us. So that was nice. Amazing. So, so you got up on your Saturday. So, you must have had Sunday off, yeah. And Sunday was much calmer, much more chilled, relaxed. It actually was. <laughs> it was really nice Sunday. So we um, headed to church. I think I don't know. Maybe we got an hour extra in bed. I can't really remember. It mustn't have made that much of a difference, though. Um, so uh, the church that we go to as part of the program is actually held at the school, part of the United Baptist Church. Um, it's really small and really simple, and they don't do an awful lot. The preacher just comes up and preaches for like two hours, three hours. So I'm glad that she preaching here, John. So it's not that long. <laughs> So, like, I didn't even know this, but um, the guy came with us, Will, who is the new CEO of Mission Direct. He was actually speaking, and he didn't even realize, really, how long a service actually is meant to last. So they did a bit of singing, they came up, did the offering, and all that kind of jazz. And then Will got, so, got up to spo speak, and he was up there for, like, 30 minutes, max, and he was sitting with all the important people of the church on one side where everyone else, you know, we were just sat at the back. And um, he looked at them and was like, I'm done. And they were like, okay. So it was, a, it was really nice because it was a really short service. So we didn't waste like half our day there. <laughs> Not waste, but like, <laughs> well, it is a bit hard when they speak in their own language and you, there's no interpreter. So that's a bit difficult. So you're like, I'm hoping some of this will translate sometime, but whatever. <laughs> um, so after the um, short service, which was nice, we headed to Leopard's Rock, which is this fancy, fancy, fancy hotel food area, kind of, I don't know. It's kind of where like the rich people go and people come and stay and holiday and whatever, which was really nice after like a week of, eating the same food on repeat. Um, but it also felt a bit weird to be sitting, having fancy food and sitting by the pool. I didn't go in the pool, but everyone else did. Um, 
so it was nice to go, but it was a bit weird at the same time. And one of the most ridiculous things that I c you could just not make up, honestly, we were walking around the grounds where this whole golf course is. It's massive. And uh, Evelyn was like, Jess, film me rolling down this hill. So I was at the top of the hill and I was like, okay, I'll walk down with you. Walking down, filming her, falls over. Not gonna lie, it's on film. And I was like, I was like sat there in shock. And obviously, what? Uh, I've not got it on there. <laughs> and um, like, I literally was just sat there in shock, still filming. And then I've realized, stop the filming. Evelyn just has carried on, not noticing. Sarah, on the other side of me, absolutely wetting herself, not helping me. And I like get up and stumble again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Let me just sit here for a bit so I can like compose myself. I couldn't believe it. And they were just like, how did you manage that? I was like, don't know, don't talk about it. Never want to hear about it again. Never, please. Thank you. I have seen the film, it is hilarious. <laughs> I did try and convince Jess to show you, but no, she, she just wasn't up for it. Okay, so, so last year, while you were out in Zimbabwe, you um, fundraised towards a three-tiered bed for a family of seven, and then you went again to visit them this year. So how are they getting on? Try and, you know, compose myself a little bit. Um, they're loving their new bed, and they're using it a lot obviously um but like their bed is literally their house in a way because the bed fits the size of the little room they're in um so like they've just got stuff hanging from it and it's really strange like they put their beds on rocks and we were like why have you done that and they were like oh so you can fit stuff under it and i was like there's a massive gap anyway that happened um, but it was a bit strange because we went and we knew some of them were going to school but not all of them but one of the girls Mary um, was going to school and she was getting sponsored by somebody we don't know um, and she was doing really well she was getting looked after through the sponsorship money and she had like a smartphone and then the rest of the children I think there's like five other children have nothing don't go to school, can't afford to go to school. And that was just really strange to me. I just didn't understand why that single girl was getting sponsored and was getting treated when the rest of the family was in poverty. So we went and we spoke to the mother and she was just like, you know, I can't do anything with the money because it just goes straight to that girl because that's the way they want it. Um, so we were able to have a look at the reports of some of the other children who went to school but had to stop and um, we saw like for them it was a massive amount of outstanding fees and a massive amount for them to like pay it off and because there's interest involved in the paying off and um, so there's four of the children who are still at school age and who can still go to school or carry on to school as they were previously and we had a good look through all their past reports and what they were like. And we spoke to um, one of the guys there who was like looking after this family as part of Windows of Hope. And he was telling us that um, it's genuine. They honestly don't have any money. The father is nowhere to be found, so he's not involved. And the mother, you know, she works, but you get a tiny, tiny amount of money that's not even enough to pay for their own food, let alone pay for them to go to school. So 
a few of um, a couple of new people who came with us this year and a couple that were with us last year when we visited Margaret is the mother's name um, uh, like looked at the school reports and felt that they were going to pay the outstanding fees and pay for a year at school so all of the children who are able to go to school are now going to school and their uniforms and supplies are being paid for which is amazing and I think just so good that all of the children able to go to school are now able it's not just one of the children so that's great and um that's all paid for and we're getting regular school reports for them just to keep a check and make sure they are going to school and that the money is used wisely so that's um amazing and it was great to go and see them again okay that's brilliant amazing Okay, and so also um, last year you told us about a young boy called Simba who has um, cerebral palsy and um, he really stole your heart last year, didn't he? And so I think you were, you were quite glad to go and see him again. So can you, you tell us how is he doing? So I had to like fight to be able to go back and see him because they don't like to favourite children. So they usually go to like different children in the community that is in. Um, but I was like, no, we've got to go see him. So they made it, they put it in the, the said schedule. Is that the right word? I can't say, I can't say anything this morning. In the schedule. <coughs> and as we got out, like there was only a few of us, like we all went to see him because a lot of them haven't seen them before. And we got out and they were like, Jess, you go in first because he remember, he'll remember you. And I thought, he probably won't remember me. I only saw him like three times last year. So I thought he might not remember me. <laughs> And um, I, like, the dad had brought him round and I went straight up to the dad and I was like, hi, how are you? And he was like, great, nice to see you, Jess. And I was like, you remember my name? I was like, this is great. Went to see Simba and he was like thrashing about and just trying to make some noises. And it was just so nice that he actually remembered me. I was like, because I really didn't think he would, but it was really nice to just go and see that he remembered me and that I made a little bit of impact on him. And I actually went to see him a lot during the two weeks. Whenever there was a time in the, the plan, I would be like, right, I'm going to go to Simba's, going to spend some time with him. And they actually have extended their house quite a lot from last year. They managed to extend it to have more room for Simba, which is amazing because it was tiny. And for his wheelchair, he couldn't, the wheelchair could not go in the building. So his dad had to like pick him up and carry him. Um, <clears throat> and... Uh, Evelyn and Will came with me and they saw um, this extra wall and Simba had his own ideas. He was like, I want them to paint that wall. He knew what he wanted on it and everything. And Evelyn was like, I've got a good idea. Let's do a tree of life. And Because she went to India and she did the same thing. So Evelyn and Will met Simba and they're really artistic. So they came up with a little plan and before we even started painting, we went back to him and was like, Simba, what do you think? And he was like, as long as there's a cow on there and some birds, I don't mind. And I was like, okay, brilliant. That's on there, so don't worry. So we spent a lot of time doing it and spending time with Simba at the same time. And he was watching us paint and let it come to life. And he was getting so excited. His most excitement was the cow and the sheep. I don't know why, but he just really liked it. And the cat, so like all the normal stuff. <laughs> um, and I knew that his dad liked to read to him from last year, but they didn't have any books. So his dad just like told Bible stories off the top of his head. 
Um, so this year I made like a little mission for myself to get a load of different books for him. So one of the books I took over was a children's Bible, which was obviously his favorite. He loved it. Like when I was leaving, he like was trying to get me to like read some more with him. And I was just like, I've, I would love to stay, but I've got to go. Like, I'm sorry, your dad can read it. And he was, he would just love doing it. But it just, it makes me sad to leave because he's just one of the nicest children ever. And to me, even though, yeah, we've painted a wall and I've given him some books and I've spent a little bit of time with him, it feels like I can't do anything for him. Like, I feel like I've not made such a big impact on his life. Even though people would say different to me, they'd be like, no, you, you know, you've spent so much time there and you've done so much with him. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not helping his condition. So it's quite hard to, like, leave after two weeks and come home and just do life normally again it's like it's just difficult and hard to comprehend yeah that really must be but i think you kind of have to hold on to the fact that he remembered you so obviously you've you've made like a massive impact on his life and and he'll think of you every time he sees his painted walls so you've got that to hold on to so um, one of Mission Direct's um, main partners in Zimbabwe is Windows of Hope, which you briefly mentioned before. Can you tell us a little bit about what they do? So uh, Windows of Hope is one of our main partners out there. And um, they do a lot of different work, such as like the support groups we go to, uh, HIV and AIDS care for different families, and business schemes where they like, a group of people um, go, it's a bit complicated, but easy when, you know, they've told you all about it. Um, they like go and they get, um, like they lend them some money, but they have to come with like a business idea and a business plan of what to do. And then the next week, they, they're meant to come back and pay the money that they've taken, but they're meant to make a profit. So it's meant to like help them get started. And they do that every week and they keep the profit that they make. So if they don't make, if they make a lot of profit, they get quite a lot. If they don't, then it just teaches them to like work on their business plan and just make it better, which I think is really encouraging for them because it's making sure that they're working rather than just waiting for like a handout, which we try and like discourage because we're not going out there just to hand them money. Um, and they do that all over Zimbabwe, which I found out this year that they actually have over a thousand volunteers throughout Zimbabwe. Like just just people who felt like, oh yeah, I could I could just run a little group and help people and you know just be there for them. They're not necessarily like giving them major healthcare or anything like that. It's just like a support group, and it's all over Zimbabwe. And I think it's amazing that they're able to do that and be so widespread. Yeah, that is amazing. So um, at the end of your, your two weeks doing mission work, you were able to spend the last night together at a safari park, which sounds amazing. So what was that like? Rain. Rain, rain, rain. Rain, like last year, rain. Worse than last year, but rain. Um, <laughs> which is just a little bit annoying because obviously... We had like planned it and we're like, no, we definitely want to go to Safari, even though a lot of us have been before. We're like, no, it'll be better weather this year. It will be, it will be, it wasn't. So that was a little bit annoying. So we didn't really get to see an awful lot because, well, I've seen it before, but it's nice to do it again. 
and we didn't really see like really anything because they were all like hiding and enjoying the wet weather. Um, but we did get to see um, Evelyn and Tim get absolutely soaked on these little trucks that trundle along because one was sat on one and one was sat on the other and they were like get like the rain just pours in at an angle like this so I'm like sat in the middle because I knew from last year I was like you can go on the end and see everything if you like oh yeah that's a great idea brilliant I'm gonna sit in the middle I don't need to see any of it and she was like it's all right if it rains I've got a waterproof wearing shorts I was like okay have fun obviously knew what was happening and like she was like ah oh, this is horrible sort of me i'm like no 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 you sit there and enjoy the view she got absolutely drenched like we went back and she had to like fully strip and get changed again because she was soaked it was hilarious it was hilarious because i wasn't getting wet <laughs> but like after the safari like it got cut pretty short because there wasn't anything about um, we had like over six hours to kill in this tiny little place where you can't really go out and do your own thing because there's animals everywhere. Um, and there was no internet because the internet was down, which is brilliant. So Evelyn was like, I've got an idea. There's a swimming pool over there. Bearing in mind, this was like the tail of a cyclone. And I was like, are you mad? She was like, no, no, we've got hours to kill. If we get in there, go in for like five minutes, we'll be like spending half an hour getting dressed again. And I was like, why would you say something like that? She's like, I'm just going to go ask them for the key. And they were like, why do you want the key for the swimming pool? They were like, because we're going to go swim in it, obviously. And they were like, okay, the key is next to the fence. We were like, oh, so we didn't even have to come and embarrass ourselves, but whatever. And so we went in. We actually went in the swimming pool, which was just madness. And then we were like trying to shout all our other groups coming with us. And then we just stood there in their waterproofs going, no, 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 no. You just keep going. And then one of the guys was like, I'll come in, went in, got his trunks on and jumped in. We were like, look at this. This is the spirit we need. We need this kind of thing. And they were just like, no, no, you have fun. So it was actually a really bad idea because it was freezing. Luckily, we were like not very far away from our little hut thingy. So we literally ran in in like our like swimming tops and just trousers because we weren't going in like full bikini because it was really cold like all of us just huddled in the shower but then the shower was too hot so we were like freezing to boiling and it was just horrible we were like right let's take it in turns to go for a shower and we're like who's going first and we were like me 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 and we were like oh this is gonna work out very well but we all eventually you know sorted ourselves out and had a shower um so <laughs> it was actually a really stupid idea i would not recommend it but, you know, it's one of the things you're never going to say you do. So it was quite cool. Um, and, like, the three of us girls were spending, like, time in, like, a hut. That was, like, our room. So it was, like, a double bed downstairs with the bathroom. And then you go up these tiny stairs, like, this big, to, like, two single beds. And it's really weird up there. So we were, like, who's going to go sleep on the top? And I was, like, not me. They were, like, not me, not me. And I was, like... What are we going to do then? They were like, well, Evelyn's going home tomorrow, so why don't we all just share a bed? Okay. We were, like, terrified. None of us wanted to go upstairs because these steps are so tiny and it just looked a bit weird and there was massive spiders up there, so we were like, no, no. Um, so we eventually shared a bed together, which was all right, apart from the fact that I was on one end and they just had the blanket, so I was freezing all night. But I'm one of those people that is sleepover. I don't want to be the person who, like pulls the blanket back over I'd rather just be cold so I was like like what do I do like I literally went upstairs up these tiny stairs grabbed a duvet and brought it back down because I didn't want them to be offended if I'd went and slept up there 
And then they woke up in the morning, where did this duvet come from? I was like, don't know. <laughs> it's like, so Evelyn and Will were leaving before the extra week. So it was quite sad to see her go because it was like a little trio and it was just really nice and she was hilarious. She was like, just brought absolute laugh, laughter and just funny times to the group. And without her, like, I don't think I would have laughed as much. And she scared me. Oh my gosh. She like would come, like I'd be like walking and going to the bathroom. She would walk behind me without me knowing and just go boo. And I'd be like, why, why? So I was like on edge for like the whole two weeks because she would like scare me a minimum of 10 times a day. Like she would literally, I would know she was there waiting for her to come and try and scare me. Be like, you're not gonna be scared. You're prepared. You know, she's right there, still scares me. And she's like, why, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know, just stop doing it. She was like, I'm gonna miss this when I go home. And I was like, I am not. Thanks though. <laughs> crazy, crazy times. Um, so you, you kind of mentioned a little bit about um, the cyclone. Um, so you, you kind of got to see the start of that. Um, it was, I found this really strange because you'd kind of contacted me and asked me to pray for the people that you'd heard about, but then it didn't hit our news until about three days afterwards. And then I started getting text messages from people saying, is Jess okay? There's been a cyclone. And, and for me, I was like, oh, another one. There's, there's been another one, but it wasn't another one. It was just that it, that's how long it takes to, to reach our news. Um, so for you, it, the cyclone hit near where you'd been based and it hit the day after you'd left, didn't it? So can you tell us a little bit about the, the devastation that was caused and, and how that had impacted the people that you had met there? Oh, it was horrible. Like, I just, like, we knew something was coming, but we just didn't know how bad it was going to be. And to know that we were, like, leaving, like, really soon, like, a couple of days before, we were just like, are we gonna be able to leave? Is it gonna hit sooner rather than later? But we got out on the exact day that it hit the, near the area we were based. So as we were like, when we got to our first destination, we were like on the phone to people, texting people saying, what's going on? How's like, what's going on? Just, just trying to get any kind of communication with them to see if they're okay. And a lot of them responded to us, not quickly at all because they're in the middle of a cyclone. But um, where the most devastation was hit was a place called Chimani Money, which is about an hour from where we were, like all of our projects were based. So luckily our projects weren't hit, but a lot of our families, uh, not our families, not my family, the families of our partners were either missing or known to be dead. So it was really hard for us to be sat in this really posh like house hotel thingy eating nice food knowing all the devastation that was happening and more to come so it was it was really hard to enjoy our time when this was all happening and to know shortly after that thousands of homes were just washed away with all the landslides because like a lot of these communities are just like surrounded by like mountains and hills. So like all of the water just like, it's like a bowl. So it all just gathered and just washed away all these homes. And I know now that over 170 people were reported dead. So that's known to be dead. 
and over 400 still missing, which still missing basically means dead, but not reportedly dead. So that's really hard to know that that's happened really close to where we were, but amazing to know that everything we did and helped and the people we met were not affected personally. It was just, it was hard, but it was like a blessing that we were like out of the area. So just in case it had hit, we weren't trapped or affected ourselves. Um, so, and then obviously I've heard a little bit lately that there's been another cyclone hit Mozambique, which was one of the main places that were caused massive devastation from the last one. So just keep them in your prayers because I don't know the devastation caused, but I know whatever has hit them in any kind of form will be just horrible and hard because there's no way that they've recovered from the last one. So that's just been really hard to know that that's happened in the last couple of days, week, so. Yeah, such mixed emotions, kind of wanting to go back and help, but also, you know, you need to think of your own safety and, and the team that were with you. Um, okay, so, so our final question, and thanks for bearing with us because we have gone a little bit over 12 o'clock, but um, this is our final question. So this year you went for an extra week sightseeing. So can you tell us briefly, what did you see? It was a really nice way to end the trip, to just be like in posh hotels and just relaxing after like two weeks of major hard work. Um, so the first place we stopped at was Great Zimbabwe, which we actually didn't see like any of it because the, the weather was just horrible and to wrench a rain. So we literally just stayed inside and watched some movies, which was a bit difficult on a tiny laptop surrounded by like 14 people. But we tried to make it work anyway. And then the next stop after a couple of days, we went to Bulawayo where there was no rain. And we stayed at this like, um, resort kind of surrounded by a national park which I didn't even know I actually had no idea what was going on in the third week like I didn't have any idea I was just like somebody knows so I don't have to worry about it which was a bit concerning when the third week came because I had no idea but um when we got there they were like we're just going to light a fire before it gets dark to make sure no elephants or lions come near your place where you're sleeping what and they were like because these little houses are like just like like you could literally stick your finger through the little wall that separates you from the outside world. So like to know that I could stick my finger through, yet there's like lions roaming around freely was just a bit crazy and frightening. Um, and then for dinner, they were like, there's crocodile if you want crocodile. And I'm like, a crocodile, where's like anything normal? And I was like, do you not have anything like rice? No, okay. Um, I didn't have dinner that night. Just to say, I was not trying crocodile, no thank you. Um, so then our final destination was Victoria Falls, which was amazing. It was outstanding. And I would definitely recommend going. I think it was like $30, like US dollars each, which I thought was extortionate at the time. But then as I was walking around, it took like four, five hours to actually walk around. I didn't think it was gonna be that long. I thought, oh, $30 for like nothing. But it was amazing. And um, 
like just to like witness and walk this whole thing and then it started raining but we managed to like hide a little bit in some shelter while everyone else was like had bailed on half the trip because it was so long to walk they were like no no and I was like you've just paid 30 dollars to come here and you're saying no to the rest of these stops along the way and it was a bit frightening because one of the stops was like on this rock rocky edge and it literally if you fall you're falling into Victoria Falls and I was like, why is there no wire or any, like I could just jump if I wanted to, like this is crazy. <laughs> but it was, it was nice, it was hot, it was 40 degrees. And I was just like, I cannot cope with this. Like it was not this hot the whole entire trip. And then we get there and I was like, I just want to stay in the car where there's some air conditioning because our air conditioning did not work in our room, which was a little bit annoying, but whatever. I did get a slight tan, which you wouldn't really tell now. I feel like it's just disappeared, which is annoying again. But it was, it was nice to just be able to like, just chill out and just spend time by the pool and just, do nothing really. Um, we went on a sunset cruise and we went to um, this place called Beaumont Experience, which was a bit, it was like traditional dances and traditional food and like they gave you like a little thing to wear and give you a drum to bang. And it was like really cool if you're like musically talented that way and can join in and enjoy your time. But I am not a drummer and will never be. So I was just kind of like, I lost my place because I went to the toilet, came back and like, I could barely get to our table because everyone was dancing around. I was like, no, 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 let's go home now, please. Because this is getting a bit crazy. So it was, that was like one of our last things on the last night. And then it was time to come home, which was sad. But here I am. So. And we're very pleased that you did come home because I know you probably would have stayed if you could. <laughs> Okay, so it sounds like she had an amazing time out there. Um, and remember that out in the back foyer, we've got the, the folder um, of all the self-portraits that the, the African kids did and that some of our kids have done as well. So go have a look at those and um, yeah, just uh, have an amazing week. I'm just going to pray to end, okay? Okay, um, Lord God, we just thank you for Jess and thank you for this heart that she has for Zimbabwe and for Africa. And we just... Um, pray that you will bless her and and help her to get out there more and and just to um, really act on this heart that you have given her and um, we just pray for the people in Zimbabwe and, and Mozambique and the people that have have suffered from this devastation from the cyclones that have hit and we just pray that that they would know you among it all and that there will be um, people that would be there to help and support those who have lost loved ones and just just we need a miracle there Jesus and we just pray that you would really impact that whole nation in Jesus name amen <laughs>